Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Holtcast. Jack Grimsey alongside Robert Lintot, as always, for 7500toholt.com, bringing you the latest in Aston Villa news. Uh, you know, so last week, 5-0 loss to Arsenal wasn't wasn't exactly what we wanted. I mean, it wasn't wasn't what all of us thought was going to happen. It was, it was kind of what Zito thought was going to happen. He he said five to two. That was that was being pretty generous, though, really. Yeah, uh, I I enjoy that. wasn't exactly what most of us wanted to happen. I I think you can safely uh, go with the the one hundred percent umbrella there. Nobody wanted that. I mean, oh, well, Zito. I mean, but like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nobody who cares about Villa wanted oh. that. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Maybe I don't know. Maybe some people were thinking that if if Villa just get nuked a couple more times, then Lambert's going to be gone. <laughs> we we were just saying before the podcast that Paul Lambert is the cockroach of uh, of managers. You can drop as many nukes on that guy as you want; he'll still be rolling around. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that's fair to say. I mean, it's it's really the first pretty bad loss of the season. Though and we we were thinking that because we got a, a question from Jimmy S at Jshar87 on Twitter. If the scoreless streak continues, how long can Lambert last? So, I mean, unofficially forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just dancing around as the world burns is what Paul Lambert's gonna be. Um, I think he sees out the season no matter what happens. I I think so too, but but if. Um, you know, like after after the Chelsea match coming up, we're gonna have Hull, and then it's Leicester in the cup, but then Stoke City. If if the Hull and Stoke matches go badly, I think maybe maybe upper management is is gonna be under some pressure, under some serious pressure from the from the fans who go to the games protesting at those matches, and maybe it's even a reason that uh that Paul Lambert wanted to bring in Ricky Lambert is so the, f- the fans couldn't chant Lambert out because that would really have an impact on the players, which is what he was saying before. <laughs> Just confuse the hell out of everyone at Villa Park. No, not that one, the other one. Yeah, uh, the banners would have to say, get that Lambert out. Although <laughs> although judging, judging from their reaction, it's not really like any of the fans wanted Ricky Lambert in so badly. And I can't blame them, really. Ricky Lambert was a pretty desperate move, given how bad he's been at Liverpool this year. Except when he played against Villa, of course. Yeah, when yeah managed one of his two league goals. But we'll we'll yeah. get back to get back to transfers later. Try to go back uh, to that Arsenal match. I mean, yeah, er, had the early goal, and it's kind of kind of like what we had talked about before. Once once Villa conceded, it's like well. Maybe we'll be able to manage one to get the draw, but we're still probably going to lose. Yeah, and they, uh, you know, they held it to one nil going into halftime, um, and it looked like they might be able to hold the draw for the last twenty minutes of the first half or so. They looked like like a steaming pile of dog crap for the first thirty or thirty-five minutes, uh, but for the last twenty or so minutes of that first half, they ended up looking. Organized, they ended up pulling the offside trap pretty well. They were getting it together, so we thought maybe, maybe they could get one goal out of this. Like, oh, trying to play some football? Maybe I don't know. Lose? You, you always, you can't be too upset losing two 0 to Arsenal at the Emirates, and considering the form they've been. Yeah, exactly. It, it it looked like one of those matches where it's like you know maybe they can get the draw, but if not, we'll see a little progress here. We'll see them hold. Uh, 
an on-fire Arsenal side uh, to one or two goals. That's uh, that's not bad. And then the second half happened, and holy crap! Now we have the worst goal difference in the league. Yeah, absolutely, so, the worst by by a goal. Uh, still, worse you know, than KPR, eight, who who don't even have a a terrible manager. I guess they don't even have a manager. <laughs> He's out with a knee injury. Uh, He's out with a no injury. Yeah, exactly. No chance in hell we want that. Um, but yeah, that second half, my God. Uh, you almost feel for Lambert there because the players just could not have looked less interested. Yeah, I, th I think in that situation you could fault the lad's effort. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and he did. He apparently just blew up at them and said they, they gave in, and, and they sure as hell did. Um, so, I don't know, maybe that that's what you need to do sometimes, and maybe maybe against Chelsea, since we know we're going to lose, you drop maybe you drop Benteke from the starting lineup. Yeah, absolutely. He he needs it right now. I think he, he needs to be sat out. Um, I did have a bit of a laugh thinking after the Arsenal match, uh, what if Roy Keane had still been around? Which player would literally be dead? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know. It would have to, it would have to be someone in the midfield. There, there would have been bloodshed, right? I think so. I think that's fair. I think, I think the, the Arsenal dressing room would have ended a little more red than it started. <laughs> it, uh, I, and there's, it's really tough to figure out who to fault there. Um, Yes, it was suicidal for Lambert to play a high line against Arsenal. Um, and if you do play that high line against Arsenal, you need to change things a little bit. You can't have your wing backs uh, running up. You've got to have them as part of that high back line. Um, yeah, maybe you would have you would have had to go three center backs or something. To, so yeah, that exactly. You, so they, that you could push push them into the midfield more, but. And and the problem right now with Arsenal is they have in the past month, changed themselves into a, quite frankly, brilliant counter-attacking team. Yeah, which which isn't really what we've we've seen from them always in the past, but, you know, it's like, it seems like always uh, maybe Mar February or March, they start their, their late-season push and either get back into the top four or, you know, and it looks like they just started it a bit earlier this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sam Ty on Twitter today was doing a little heat map looking, and uh, yeah, Theo I saw Walcott that. And Uzil, the two of them, they didn't have position, like Sam points out. They were everywhere. They got behind the ball. They ran quickly. They touched the ball perfectly, and they just demolished that defense. They made it look pathetic. Brad Guzan looked the fool. Yoris Akora and Kieran Clark looked like idiots. And you, yeah, and you're able to get away with that when you have Coquelin, who is playing brilliantly in defensive mid. He just really came out of nowhere for Arsenal. He was being shipped out on loan the past couple of years and comes back and signs a new contract. Looks like he's going to be at least a squad rotation player for them. And uh, I don't know, obviously Cazola is killing it and Ramsey's doing well uh, as well. So Yeah, it just it was and a they, And they didn't even have Sanchez, you know? Yeah, um, it... You know, and, and during the match, our Sanchez, Carlos Sanchez, kept getting shit for looking bad, and I was so torn on what to think about Carlos Sanchez, because yes, he did look like crap, but he also looked like literally the only midfielder who was trying to do anything, 
And so when you have to run the game by yourself, of course you're going to make mistakes. I think starting cleverly was the wrong decision. I think out of all the out of all the bad decisions you could see Lambert made of playing the high line or starting. I mean Richardson was debatable, but he came back and made he made a tackle in the box last man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I don't and, think Richardson was too poor. Yeah, made a tackle in the box well out of his position too. He yeah, was, yeah, on the, on the right side. Yeah, he was on the right over. side. He was, you know, where Akora should have been. Yeah, or Hutton, um, but yeah, I think I think I think Westwood for cleverly. Uh, Sanchez, it's it's hard to argue that Sanchez should be dropped, but he has had a poor couple of matches. Yeah, but I but I, I mean that's gonna him. that's gonna happen. Yeah, and I I like you would much rather see Westwood for cleverly than Westwood for Sanchez. Um. I, you know, I actually kind of felt badly for Sanchez. He looked like crap, but like I said, he was doing everything, and he it's had not like no everyone support. else didn't look like crap either. Yeah, exactly, and he had no support, so he's inevitably going to look like crap in that situation. Um, Guzan didn't look great, but he got put in a lot of one-on-ones. Yeah, Guzan Guzan was in a really tough position with, I mean, with the high line, like on the first goal with Giroud, if if they break through. What are you expecting one-on-one, you know? Yeah. Guzan's had a rough January uh, in general. Um, and, and making some uncharacteristic mistakes, getting beaten at the near post, you know, he's had a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, like Alex, against Leicester. Yeah, Alex on Twitter uh, mentioned during the match, so, so I'm not holding Alex to this because it was in the heat of the moment. He may stand by it. Uh, but he mentioned on Twitter that, you know, he wants to see Shea Given for Chelsea. Uh, what do you think? I mean, even if that is just heat of the moment tweeting, is is it worthwhile to give Guzan a match off? I think I think it would be if the cup match wasn't next, or I guess it's it's I guess it's not going to be next. I guess I guess you'd go given Chelsea, and then what? You put Guzan back in for Hull? Yeah, you, and then give him oh, back unless, for Leicester. Unless Guzan shuts, or unless Given shuts Chelsea out. Yeah, exactly. Um. You know, it, and I'm not saying it's not the same reason I want to say Benteke bench, which is to send a message. It's let him clear his head. Guzan's played every Premier League match this season, um, and he's starting to look a little tired. He's starting to look a little yeah, a little jaded. I think because I don't know when when you know that if you make one mistake, it could all be over. Yeah, absolutely. I or even even if you don't, if they get on in one v one and beat you. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any hope of it happening, and I don't think it's a thing that drastically needs to happen, but I wouldn't mind seeing a given for Guzan switch this weekend. No, not at all, and that's mostly because Shea Given has looked pretty good. Yeah, exactly. It. He's he's not been great, but lately neither has Guzan. I think at this point they're sort of equal in my mind. I mean, the, Given held Burnmouth to one. Yeah, and it was a garbage-time goal, I mean... Yeah, exactly. He held them to one, and Burnmouth are one of the best-scoring teams in English football right now. Yeah, the antithesis of Villa. I mean, I think it's it's hard to say that Villa are at a level that's a lot above the top of the championship right now, really. Yeah, absolutely, and and he played decently. Um, but it is, I don't think it's worth spending a ton of time on because it's not a huge issue. I, I don't think the problem is the keeper. I think the problem continues to be the inability to score. Yeah, and to to I don't know to produce really um really good chances, quality chances. 
Yeah, Carlos Gale or Carlos Hill rather uh, looked decent in the midfield. He he and Carlos were pretty much the only two people. I kept saying Carlos was the only one, but that's because Hill is so up front trying to create stuff that he's not really a midfielder at this point. But he did his best and still got you know no support. Yeah, I mean I don't know really what can what can we expect against in matches against you know. City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Jesus. No, it's all right. No, City, City, Chelsea, United, I guess, Arsenal, even Southampton. <laughs> this is obnoxious. Your phone is rebelling against you. Yeah, I, you know. But We forgot to mention on the whole cast, we're now taking live on-air calls. If you want to call Jack, 691-ROCK, 691-ROLL. Hey, so you know, that's that's cool. But uh, you were saying Gil, uh, Hill is you know all by himself up there trying to create. Yeah, but no, but again, in in matches against against the top four, top three, you're not you're not going to expect to be able to get anything. And when when you're really overmatched in those areas, it's it's going to be tough if everyone's not playing at the top of their ability, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we mentioned it briefly. Benjamin Teke, you think that's a thing that has to happen at this point? I don't. I don't think it has to happen, but it could. I don't know. Maybe it could light a fire under him. And since since Feynman is, he played well against Burnmouth, I guess. Yeah, maybe, it's, it's, maybe hard it's, 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 it's hard to make. It's hard to make the case for like Bonlahor to start. Yeah, that's the problem. It's if you bench Venteke, who do you play? And, you know, I've heard some people saying anybody. Maybe you go with a one-striker formation. Yeah, with just Vyman up there. Yeah, or one striker and two wingers. Sinclair and Heal up top. And then, you know, Westwood, Delph, and Sanchez in the middle. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you give Nzogbia the chance? No. <laughs> just completely past that? Yes, as I am so done with him. He... he he was not bad. He was actively hurting Villa when he was on the pitch. I mean that that's true. I I don't know. I just think he's been out of the out of the lineup for such a long time. Maybe he's gonna try next time. I guess. I I mean if there's if there's a match to just waste, it'd be this one. Yeah, that's true. Um, the nice thing about this, if there is any upside, is uh, prior to Arsenal, Villa were still on their point a match which would get them to 38, which would absolutely be safe this year. Um, if they can win against Hull, even if they you know, get drubbed by Arsenal and Chelsea, they'll still be on that point-to-match pace. Yeah, and, and really that's, that's what we have to be looking for because a win against Hull, I think, um, I think we'll be at least, at least in the 15th looking at the table since they're just above Villa, West Brom with 22 points also, but a, a better goal difference, obviously. And then the, there's Sunderland and Palace, who both have a point more. And Burnley's two points below Villa, Hull and QPR both 19, so three points below, and then Leicester five points below. So provided provided Villa can get that win against Hull, I think they'll at least at least stay or move up one spot. Because, yeah. you know, all, all those teams aren't aren't winning every week, and they're not even drawing every every week. Is Hull a must-win right now? I think it is just because you look at, like you like you were saying before the pod, Villa actually went two, two wins, a draw, and two losses in January, but unfortunately the two wins weren't for any points. 
So just just picking up the one point in six week stretch is pretty bleak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wrote last week after uh, on Sunday after the Arsenal match that Villa uh, could set a new historical record. Uh, the longest stretch in the Premier League without scoring a goal. Uh, it would take two and a half matches exactly for that to happen. Do you see it happening? Two and a half more from yep. now? I, I don't think so. I think, I don't you know, maybe they get a fluky, a fluky goal against Chelsea. I don't know, you could always lose 6-1. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Hull, and that'd be the first half of Stoke. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I would I would highly doubt that. Yeah, we are, I believe, if I remember correctly, we're in the top six or seven longest stretches all time right now. Yeah, the, the one from earlier in the season, what, probably top ten as well. Probably. But uh, coming into this season, uh, the longest Aston Villa, in their entire time in the Premier League, so in the entire history of the Premier League, uh, the most consecutive matches Villa had gone without a goal was four. They've bested that twice this year. That's impressive. <laughs> in, in a not good way, but yeah, absolutely. It is oddly impressive. Like you you guys are quite good at being crap. And it's not even... It hasn't even been the matches... You know, that, that long string of matches against all the top teams. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's futility. Um, but yeah, if they can't score, they are in line to break the Premier League scoring record... Uh, in at halftime against Stoke on the 21st of February. Yeah, the, I mean maybe they can they can make that halftime announcement then. <laughs> Everyone get get in your seats for halftime. We're gonna have a, We've got a, a huge announcement, announcement coming up. Villa have set a new Premier League record. Um, We're the worst. <laughs> um, before the podcast, I was wondering if my I hate Aston Villa mood was going to continue during the podcast, and it appears the answer is yes. Yeah, I think that's that's a safe bet. <laughs> Should have taken that one. Um, uh, Arsenal sucked, uh, but it's a loss that we all sort of expected. If a worse loss than we expected. What about transfer window? Deadline day was boring as crap. Yeah, I don't know. It, it looked like coming coming into it, we didn't think Villa was going to do any business, and then Lambert had said, "Well, we may not be done," and then he said, "We are done." And and then and then we got rumors of Ricky Lambert. Uh, after we were done, we actually started, you know, putting in bids for Ricky Lambert. Yeah, and then I guess I guess he didn't want to come to Villa, which I mean, Liverpool was the club he supported as a kid, and then he finally gets to move there. It would have been strange, I think, if he moved. Yeah, absolutely, and and. Really, at this point, if you voluntarily are like, oh, I would love to leave Liverpool for Aston Villa, um, I would be worried. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think if if he thought that he could start every match, he then, might have. Then maybe, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Lambert was going to really change to two strikers, even if it looks like Kozak's going to be out for the rest of the year. Maybe. Is that the latest? I don't know. He he just got back into training. I'm still holding out hope that he comes back in late this month or March. Yeah, it, uh, I mean it's it's entirely possible, but still not not for a while. But yeah, so we don't do anything on transfer day. No one really did much on transfer day except for Spurs. No, um, and yeah, it was it was a lot of 
a lot of nothing around really everywhere. Yeah, it was it was a pretty boring day, um, which was disappointing, uh, especially given that at the site we had everyone lined up for a really busy transfer day and nothing happened. Um, but since we last podcast, we got Scott Sinclair uh, making it a grand total of two incoming transfers over the window. Do you think Lambert did enough? I think so. I mean, obviously he would have liked to add another, another piece, but w- going back to the Lambert thing, it was weird that the striker hadn't been really identified the whole window until deadline day, and then you're just going to go for Ricky Lambert. Like, why? I think, I think if you would have if you would have known you wanted a striker, you could have found somewhere on the continent that would have been cheaper. And, yeah, and Ricky Lambert for a rumored five million. Yeah, that's that seems kind of strange, especially with Lambert's transfer policy. Yeah, absolutely. An old guy who hasn't been all that effective for five million. You're not going to be able to sell him. No, absolutely not. So, um, yeah, that was a little bit odd. We heard, heard, I think it was on Sunday or Saturday, that rumor that maybe Demba Ba, um, but that didn't pan out, and I think that's okay. Um, yeah, I would, I would have preferred Demba Ba over Ricky Lambert, even with oh. his glass knees, but... Yeah, heavens yes. Um, so, Heal and Sinclair... Uh, on the transfer grades, you gave it an A plus and an A minus, or an A. I gave I gave Heal an A and Scott Sinclair an A minus. James yeah. gave Heal an A plus and Sinclair a C. Yeah, I think I would. I I'm okay with what you guys said on Heal, A or A plus. I would split the difference between the two of you on uh, Sinclair and give him a B. I just I just gave him an A minus because it was a a loan with a view to a permanent. Of course, you you don't want to buy a player who's played. 50 minutes of football this year. Yeah, exactly. That's why I thought uh, James was a little bit low, uh, mostly because it's it's a almost zero risk move. Um, and so yeah, okay exactly. And it, it it does it does fill a need that we had. Yeah, exactly. So zero risk. I wouldn't go as high as an A because we literally have no idea what Sinclair can do at this moment. I mean, he looked like junk with West Brom, um, but we haven't seen him play at this year, so. No idea there. Yeah, and do we did we hear what the the fee would be in the summer if? I think I heard something like two million. So yeah, the two million, and then I think what's he on forty thousand a week, maybe so another two million in wages a year. Yeah, which isn't crazy if if he actually performs the way he's capable of performing. Um, I was intrigued to see uh, if you didn't see it on the site yesterday or two days ago by the time you're hearing this, uh, Brent Stephen Smith, one of our readers, wrote a fan post uh, looking Fantastic at... Fantastic fan of, post, really. Yeah, looking at all of Lambert's uh, incoming transfers, and I was shocked to realize that Lambert has yet to spend uh, double-digit millions on anyone. The highest was Benteke, then, for seven? Yeah, something, uh, seven or... Yeah, 7.74. Oh, yeah, that's. I think that's in Euros, and is what Transfer Market does. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, yeah 7.74 million pounds is the highest transfer fee he's paid yet. Um, I would be really intrigued to see what Lambert could do if he were given, you know, even a 25 million budget. Yeah, but again, like like what he was saying, a lot of those um, really star, the star players are in that 20 million range, but if you could... I don't know if you can get someone for ten next summer, and then if you have fifteen million to spend across three more players, because 
what we saw earlier in, in Lambert's career was trying to bring in a whole ton of players and seeing if one or two of them could be hits. I think now that he's got the squad more established, if maybe if Sinclair stays and then you have Heal and if you if you just really need to upgrade a couple positions, I think I think maybe right back could be a position we want to do next year. I'm not sure how long Hutton's going to last, but if yeah. just for example, but if if you are able to spend maybe 10 or even 15 million on a really dynamic midfielder, you could start yeah. you could really start to see the squad kind of evolve. Exactly, and and so it was kind of interesting to get that look at what Lambert has done. And you're right that you know give him a little bit of money and see what he can do um, if you're willing to let him stick around, uh, which again goes back to Lambert the cockroach. I think he's here forever. Um, yeah, but I like uh, like we had seen a little even before that. Maybe him in a director of football role would be perfect. Yeah, Adam wrote that really, really good uh, look. That Lambert has fulfilled the duties of a director of football, kept things financially well-constrained, made decent transfers on a limited shoestring budget. Uh, he's fulfilled all those roles of a d director of football really well. The thing that he's had a lot of trouble with is the on-the-pitch result. Um, it would be interesting. I think they should consider it, moving him to the DOF. Uh, yeah, I think so, especially if you could get... Um, a manager who would work with him well in in line with that that transfer policy because, like you said, some of the problem has been on the pitch, but that's also somewhat due to the players that he bought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously he hasn't been able to just gut the whole squad when he got here and start from scratch. So you, you're kind of dealing with pieces that are already there. But I don't know. Yeah. Like bringing bringing Guzan back was huge. Mm-hmm. If he didn't do that, I think we'd be in real trouble, no matter how good Shea Given could be or has been. But Jed Steer is the future. Yeah, Jed Steer, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, no, bringing Guzan back was big. Uh, he, he's made the smart decisions when it comes to the market. Uh, the problem has been he hasn't been able to translate that to success. Um and and I do like the idea of him as a director of football. The thing that I can't see happening is a young guy like Lambert accepting a role like that. No, yeah, maybe not, because... He wants to make a name for himself as a manager. Or even if not, maybe he just wants to manage, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but boy, he, he... The interesting thing is he doesn't look like he wants to manage. I mean... It, to be fair, who would want to manage Villa right now? Yeah, no kidding. Um, I guess, I guess, uh, sticking with the the transfer business, we looked at the the outgoing transfers as well. With both, I mean, we only sold former youth team players, but uh, we also managed to to loan out uh, Darren Bent and and Chris Hurd, as well as Kellum Robinson leaving. I guess at the at the end there, and Gary Gardner had left, but. The the Robinson deal, how stupid was that? God, I so goddamn bitter about that Robinson deal. Um, two months that he could have been playing, um, and we've made it really, really clear at this point that he wasn't needed as cover for Bent because Bent isn't here. We didn't bring anyone to replace that boy, and we sent Robinson out. He's not needed as Bent cover. Um, yeah, I don't think we needed to either because in, in a pinch you could have, if Benteke went down or even if Benteke and Vyman went down, you still have Iqbal Lahore and, you know, I think someone can at least sit up there at striker better than Robinson or Bent was going to do. 
Absolutely, and you could have recalled him at any point if you exactly. needed. Exactly. Right. You're never in a position where, if you needed that spot that Darren Bent provided you, you needed it that second in the middle of a match. It was always a if something happened in a match, Bent was going to bump up to a bench position or maybe start, and you need that. Um, so you can recall the guy in the meantime. Uh, it just it, it never made any sense. So I'm glad to see him out on loan again. Uh, still rumors that perhaps uh, championship clubs are chasing Jack Grealish on loan still. Yeah, I heard I heard six clubs, according to Matt Kendrick. Yeah, Twitter, uh, so. and God hopes they take that. I, th- I think they will. I think they're, they're probably just trying to decide what would be the best fit. Yeah, I hope so, because he needs to go out on loan. He needs to be playing. Um, he really could be the future of this club. Um, and to see him stagnating on the bench is not helping anyone. Yeah, or with the U21 team, that's just terrible. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's not any help at all. Um, so get him playing time. Get him playing time in a competitive atmosphere. Yeah, and um, the, the championship would be, I think, would be a pr- really a pretty good atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. He'll get beaten up. He might even get an injury here or there, but he's shown he's really resilient. Well, yeah, he got uh, destroyed in League One last year, but... One tackle. And hopefully he brings just, his shin pads to the championship. Yeah, exactly. Um... So I I don't know I the outgoing moves made sense I thought it was sad. Getting Ben off the wages for for at least for a while I think is pretty good. Yeah, um, and and God only knows how many how much of that wage bill the other team is covering. But who yeah, cares? Yeah, I mean if, even off. if Darby are paying half. Yeah, exactly. It's something off the books. Um, and Bent is now gone. His contract is up in the summer. Hurd's contract is up in the summer. He's probably gone too. Um, I, I I can't see any reason to bring either of them back. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so because just with I mean it's not like Senderos's contracts and we have, I mean maybe if if Lara leaves we're gonna need to actually buy a proper center back not just have heard who's gonna be fourth string really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I I don't know if you don't look at what happened on the pitch if you just look at the economic and transfer side of things, I thought it was a really, really successful transfer window. I thought Paul Amber did a nice job uh, with a limited budget making some moves that could help this team really quickly. Yeah, heel for $3.2 million is a steal. Yeah, absolutely. So from and what we've so seen, and I think it's only going to only gonna get better, you know? He's not just going to become terrible. Yeah, exactly. And Sinclair on a loan is good business. Uh, a loan with an option to buy is even better. Not pulling the trigger on Tom Cleverly. Yeah, that, that was huge. Yeah, that doesn't go into the in column or the out column, but I still think it's a smart piece of transfer business that he did. There's no reason. And then and then re-signing Delph, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, those four moves right there made for a pretty decently successful transfer window. And and if we if we can sign cleverly in the summer for free, great. Would you though at this point? Uh, depending on the wages, yeah, because... Yeah, depending on the... I suppose, but I think you could probably get the equivalent of Cleverly free on lower wages without much effort at this point. And apparently Everton want him, so they're going to bid him up, so screw that. Well, yeah, I guess we can just sign him for free and then sell him to Everton, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you can... Yeah, like, like what... Uh, Someone had mentioned at the end of, of Brent Steven Smith's article was that how Chelsea are buying to sell in order to kind of raise their financial fair play salary cap. Mm-hmm. With you looked at Sherla, they made a profit off of him, mm-hmm. and 
I don't know. Obviously, their loan system is incredible, but oh yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, like Juan Mata, they made a profit off of him, and it just it just allows you to to bring in more more expensive players and kind of have some flexibility in there, even when you are spending yeah. an inordinate amount of money. But yeah, so. Speaking of Chelsea, yeah. Speak, speaking of Chelsea, I guess let's let's move on from transfers to that. I think, I mean, like like we we're saying earlier, this is another match like Arsenal. That, frankly, what what can you expect out of it? Yeah, is I mean, there's plenty to talk about here, but then there's also the side of is there really anything to talk about? Is, this is a loss, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I think at the at the least by two goals. Yeah, I, I think we chalk it up as a loss and anything else is a surprise and a pleasant one at that. Um, with that said, do you just go wild with that lineup? Do shit that you would never do otherwise? Uh, yeah, I, th I think you can afford to, to try something different, you know, maybe if that is Shea Given in there, if it is Feynman starting as a central striker alone, mm -hmm. or, you know, I don't know, I just, I just hate seeing Feynman on the wing. Yeah, but absolutely agreed. Um, I don't know. You could try even Sinclair and Gabby on the wings and then heel behind Vyman. Who knows? Yeah, yeah I would like could, to see you could, heel in that, like, at the point of a diamond role. Or you could throw Bakuna and Lowton in, into the midfield and try to park the bus. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, you know, and there's a half-decent chance that Villa surprised us here. They always seem to have something against Chelsea. You were saying Mourinho at Villa Park? Yeah, Mourinho in his career is winless at Villa Park, three draws and two losses. So. So, so yeah, apparently he's cursed at Villa Park. I I don't know. I mean, not 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 anymore that we mentioned it, but. Yeah, exactly. It's gone. Sorry. Um, but I mean, something could happen here. I don't think you plan for it. I think you plan for this being a loss, and you and you play accordingly. Yeah, and it, I don't know. Even if you can still play well in a loss to Chelsea, there's yeah. a lot of things that that you could be able to take away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Although playing well in a loss is getting really tiring. Oh, it is, but... But yeah, it's it's not, that's what not, you kind of expect against the league leaders. Yeah, it's not like Villa have played really well in a, in a loss lately. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Well, we had that like 30 minutes against Liverpool. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess so that stretch in the middle against Liverpool where just yeah. nothing was going to go in, but... Yeah. You know, I think I think if you if you break the scoreless streak and you lose two one, whatever. That's a win. Yeah, take it. And then yeah. Yeah, get that scoreless streak off your back. Uh, if Benteke yeah, just try to get some confidence going into Hull because yeah, Hull is the whole match is much much more important. Yeah, absolutely. This this is the loss. The whole match should be a win. Um, and if it's not, then then we can really just pull the pin and start panicking. Yeah, especially if we get dumped out of the cup by Leicester as well. Oh, God. Fuck Leicester, by the way. Yeah, seriously. But, I mean, I guess one one positive for the Chelsea match is Diego Costa's going to be suspended. Yay. And, you know, maybe maybe Fabregas is going to miss. Uh, Felipe Luis and John Obi McCall also, and William, they also could, could miss. They're probable, though, so. Yeah. I just realized uh, the whole match... Will be before our next podcast. Yeah. So Hull, like we said, must win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about Hull because that one's actually a lot more important. And 
They they have Manchester City this weekend. So yeah. I don't see any way they they beat them, and yeah. then they'll be they'll be on five losses in a row in the league. Mm-hmm. Or excuse um, me, four because they lost in the in the FA Cup to to Arsenal. Yeah, five in yeah. all comps. But um, their, their last Premier League win, New Year's Day against Everton. I think I think the Everton players just probably stayed out on New Year's or something because how <laughs> you lose the hole. Um, I think it's more compelling reason to screw with the lineup against Chelsea. Yeah, so to, to see your, to see if there is someone you you could use against Hull, especially because it's just a two day turnaround. Maybe if there's someone who you're going to need to rest. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure make sure they're good to go against Hull. Yeah, you put out your best eleven here. Um, this is this to me is sort of like playing like a League One side in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. At that point, you put out your best eleven and you just you salt the earth, just yeah. rush them. Um, it's at Hull, which could be good or bad, but um, I, I think this is a match that Villa absolutely have to win. Yeah, if it, even if you draw Hull, that's going to be bad because mm-hmm. after after Villa, Hull have QPR, who they're probably just going to go into free fall. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe without Redknapp, they will actually survive. That's what Alex was thinking. Yeah. Um, I saw that, and and he had a good point. You know, they they've got striking options, they've got ability to survive. You've got to beat Hull. You've got to start winning these matches against teams below us in the table. Um, you know, you have to beat Hull. You have to beat Stoke. Uh, you, you Stoke, give... Stoke, a draw would be okay. I think if we could draw both Stoke and Newcastle. Yeah, that's true. If you can do that, and then you've got to beat West Brom at home. Yeah, you've, you've got to beat West Brom and, and Sunderland. Yeah. Um, you've got to beat West Brom at home, especially, though. Can you mm-hmm. imagine, you know, being in the midst of this shit season and losing to West Brom at home? Yeah, because then, I mean, depending depending on results, we could be above West Brom, and then if West Brom jumps us... Yeah, absolutely. Or just, just kind of starts to drift away, it could be the end. Yeah, and then you get a little run of crap in April with United and Tottenham away. Uh, and City away. I don't know, Burnley, Burnley on the final day? Burnley on the final day. <laughs> it's going to be actually more important. a relegation decider. Depending on yeah, how Yeah, that's, that's some an interesting match I could do without. Villa needs 16 points to hit their total from last year. Yeah, but I don't think you're gonna need 38 to stay up. I think I think you're gonna need like 34. But I'm I, this year at least. I'm thinking of 38 as last year's 40. I'm thinking of 38 as the guaranteed safe line. Oh yeah, for sure. I could be for wrong sure. on that. But so they need 16 points, and that's you know five wins and a draw, three wins and a bunch of draws, three wins and seven draws. Um, it's hard to see three wins and seven draws from this club right now. Yeah, really, really. That's that's true because yeah, I don't like, know. I don't, you should win whole seven draws is kind of a lot. I think it'd be maybe you could see four wins and four draws. Four wins and four draws. Yeah. So you could beat Hull. You could beat QPR. You could beat Burnley. And you got to beat West Brom. And West Brom. God, at this point, it actually might be if you can just get those four wins, you might be safe. I think so because that'd be twelve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be thirty-four. Be 
Um, Which honestly, that I don't know. You could finish as high as fifteenth, maybe with thirty-four. Just looking at how bad the bottom of the league is. If I'm envisioning a world in which Villa only score four more goals for the rest of the season, but they get those four wins one nil. That would be miserable. And survive having scored, you know, what would it be at that point? Fifteen goals on the season. Yeah, that that'd be tough. I mean, Leicester play QPR on the final day as well, but. Hopefully both those teams are already settled as going down. Yeah. Um, I, I really do think QPR are going to have a run in them. But then again, they could Fulham it. They could do just, you know, we thought Fulham or would have Wolves, a run in them. Or a Wolves of a couple years ago. Yeah. Where you, where you keep thinking that they've got something in them and they never get it. Yeah, just just starts tanking. I mean, I guess, I mean, Leicester, Leicester had that pretty bad run from... What the end the end of September until Boxing Day, they, mm-hmm. they lost every game. Then and they since then they've lost one nil to Stoke and three one to United. But they've actually managed what four or three wins in the league and what yeah one in the cup. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's and yeah, I, I don't know I, Palace. I, Palace, I guess they did bring in Pardew, but they've been on a tear since then. There, yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any way Palace go down, especially bringing in Zaha permanent. Who would have thought that Pardew was the savior? Not Newcastle fans. <laughs> uh, I I, maybe enjoy. maybe if Newcastle don't have a manager by the time we play them, there's a chance. Yeah, that's true. Um, God, I yeah, I just don't know what to do with any of this. I Villa genuinely have me worried. I mean, my gut still says they don't drop because there's enough bad in this league, but when I look at that schedule and I try to find... Uh, um, when I try to find the points, it's hard. It's hard to see where they're coming from. Yeah, earlier earlier in the year I'd said that I think there's at least six six or seven maybe teams that are genuinely worse. Right now, looking, looking at the league, I think there are just four, and that's Burnley, Hull, QPR, and Leicester, all the teams that are below us, coincidentally. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Sunderland, West Brom, and Crystal Palace are also bad, but there's no way to say that they're worse than Villa. No, and I just, think it's almost as... hard to argue that those four teams are worse. Um, you know, they can score. Villa cannot score. Like, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say about that because because that's such a fundamental flaw. I, I know that sounds stupid and simplistic, but good God. Yeah, like like we're saying, even if the it starts becoming two to three losses. You're it's at least more encouraging because you know that you have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's the problem in finding points in the rest of the schedule is is you have to assume that Villa score and uh, thus far in the season that. you can't assume that. Uh, no. How many times have we been shut out this season? I'm uh, sorry, I should have done this. Look, there's one against Arsenal, one against Liverpool. Uh, one against well, the last, Leicester. The last six matches. Crystal Palace, obviously. Sunderland, Swansea, uh, West Brom, West Ham. Fifteen. QPR, Everton, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liver or not Liverpool. Uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. So 14. 14. 
we have not scored in a majority of our matches this year. And and not a slight majority, an overwhelming majority of our matches. Yeah, nearly two thirds. Yeah. Uh God, sixty one percent of Villa's matches have been they've been kept off the score sheet. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I think you have to blame that on the manager. Maybe. I mean, and but I mean that's where where this sort of relegation math becomes a problem. You have to assume a goal, and statistically this year you can only do that thirty nine percent of the time. Yeah, even if even if we manage to draw every match from here to the end of the season, that would still only get you to thirty seven points. Yeah. Uh, God, what a shit show. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty bad. So I mean, I guess I guess uh, do we want to predict Chelsea? I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say zero three, no three. I uh, o three or o four. And but I don't know. I th- I think we beat Hull two one. You think? Eh, either I that think, or one nil. I think I think one one at Hull. I think it's a must win that we draw. Yeah, it could be both. Both teams re- regret. I don't know. I think I think both teams will really be going for it. Mhm. Which yeah, they'll probably just both end up failing really and split it with a draw. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I think one one at Hull. Uh, but come back next week and find out how wrong Jack and Robert were. Because have we been right on a single prediction this year? Mm. I think we've gotten the results right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe maybe um, Stoke at the beginning. I don't know. We couldn't have predicted a win for that. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty depressing. But I guess we'll we'll see how. <laughs> what we're gonna we're gonna draw a hole like five five and use all the goals for two months. We apologize. We had not planned on today's podcast being this depressing. Yeah, but I guess uh, maybe we'd plan on Villa actually scoring some goals. So <laughs> I think I think that was the plan the whole year, and it just has not worked. Yeah, so. that, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, just kind of just hasn't happened. So I, I would say that we won't be this depressing next week, but we could be coming off of two losses. So I'm not guaranteeing anything. And in, in which case, the Leicester FA Cup match will definitely be a must-win. <laughs> at at some point, you just have to go. Well, fuck it. We're getting relegated. Let's win the FA Cup. Yeah, I mean, you better, like, people asking if you'd rather win the FA Cup or and get relegated or stay in the league and not win it. I mean, if you're going to get relegated, you might as well at least try in the FA Cup. Yeah, absolutely. So, no reason. All right, well, thanks for joining us on the whole cast. Like Robert said, we'll be back next week. Remember, we're still on iTunes, Stitcher, Block Talk Radio, and YouTube, so make sure to subscribe. And we'll have the match coverage for you, as always, on 7500holt.com.